The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. I want you to go with me in the Word of God to Acts chapter 3. I want to read from verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple of the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried to whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fasting his eyes upon him, when John said, Look on us, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, I want to say this because if it was the modern church, they would give the God money. When you begin to realize that the problem is not really his money. The fact is that he's been lame. And he needs a miracle. So while we are to help the poor and the beggar and the needy, if we just reach out with humanitarian help, we're not fulfilling the gospel and what Jesus told us to do, which is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow them that believe. Peter and John knew that. The man looked at them, expected to receive something, but he got a little bit more than what he was even expecting to receive. Because the Bible says immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He, leaping up, walked, changed and transformed by the power of the Spirit of God in one moment. It was like a divine crossroads for that man to encounter Peter and John. The Bible even says later on, when they looked at Peter and John, they perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and took knowledge of the fact that they've been with Jesus. Because you can't hang around Jesus and then be normal. It's impossible. <laughs> impossible to hang around Jesus and be some lukewarm skinny jeans, soil latte drinking pastor sitting on a bar stool preaching for 18 minutes with slides. Hello. That's not going to shake America. That's not going to shake the world. It's going to be people just like Peter and John that had been with Jesus that went in by the power of the Spirit and that signs and wonders and miracles took place such as they had, they gave. And that's all I'm going to do here at the river. Such as I have, I shall surely give unto you and give freely. Are you with me? And then you can go do thou likewise. Hallelujah. That which you've received from the Lord, you can go and give freely to a lost and a dying world. Hallelujah. Now, Last Sunday, I talked about it in the morning time, talked a little bit about 
impartation in last Sunday night, and I felt to continue along those lines because we got so many new people coming, new students and people moving into Florida here and new people tuning in, you know, and it's very important that somebody said, well, Pastor, I know that stuff already here, but you're not walking in it. So until you start walking at it, I'm going to keep repeating it. Can you say amen? When I see enough of you walking at it, maybe we'll find something else. But I'm always going to give you what the Lord's given to me. Now, I got, I got saved when I was five years of age, gave my life to Jesus, and felt the call of God into the full-time ministry. Many have heard my testimony, how I used to take my teddy bears, line them up, preach to them, lay hands on them. They all fell under the power. And then I would climb out the window and go to America to go preach. I mean, not much has changed. Some of you look like bears that have had the stuffing knocked out of you. Uh, we, we plan to fix that up before the end of the service. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I knew that God had called me into the ministry and growing up around church I saw preachers that were alive and I saw preachers that were dead and my wife and I had to because we out of town this next week we had to go vote we got into the, bo the polling station they said now there's one guy a candidate who just died so don't vote for him I said, well, what happened? No, he just dropped dead. I said, probably some of the juice he'd been putting in his body and he fell over dead. So I said to the lady, is there any difference between the live candidate and the dead one? I'm just asking. Because I see many of them you vote for and look like they're dead. They do nothing. But it's the same with people in ministry. The moment they get into that place of ministry, now they spend most of the time trying to become acceptable or becoming liked. We're not here to become acceptable or liked. We're here to do the will of the Father. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? We are not here in the city of Tampa so that Tampa can like the river. We hear there will be people that love the river. There will be some people that like the river. And there will be other people that just put up with the river. But we're not here to persuade anybody to like us. Are you with me? I, you know the story. When I got arrested, I received a call from a big law firm in Miami, Florida. And they called up and said, we would like to help you clear your name and go on the Internet and clear your name. <laughs> I started to laugh. I said, seriously, do you have a thousand lawyers? I said, with a thousand lawyers working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks of the year, you couldn't clear my name because I would go do something that would get out there and they would twist and make up again. And I said, I would just have to hire 1,000 lawyers and all you would be doing because as fast as they pulling them down, they're making fake stuff up again. So just leave it alone. In actual fact, I might make up some stuff to myself just to have people talking. If I see that there's no activity, then I'll just put some stuff out. Are you with me? Seriously. 
If they're not talking about you, you must be backslidden. Hello. Somebody said, Pastor, people are talking about me. Good. Make sure they spell your name right if they write it in the newspaper. Like I got irritated when they called me Ronald. I'm not Ronald. Peter and John were mocked by Jesus. And all they did is what they saw him do. All you are to do is to do exactly what you see him do. So I knew that God had called me into the ministry and I said, Lord, if I'm going to go into the ministry, I have to have your power because I've watched some dead preachers, and if that's going to be me, I'm not even going to. Why would I want to bore people? And I'm not the person that's just going to go and give information, because I can take it to a lot of people, and they give reams of information, except that's all it is, is, in, is information. It's not even a revelation to them. You cannot give what you don't have. You quote scriptures till the moon turns green, the cows come home and the monkeys chew tobacco. That's the African saying that we have. I know many preachers that quote everything. They can quote the Greek, the Hebrew, but let me tell you, they're twice dead and plucked up by the roots because what they believe they could not even put into practice and you could see that it was evident the moment the pandemic or plandemic Whatever demic came, they shut the church down. Psalm 91 went out the door. Psalm 23 went out the window, and they all covered their face with a face diaper, and they were trembling in their house. Are you with me? Afraid they're going to die. But the Bible says those that know their God will do exploits in his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I told the Lord, I said, I have to have a touch from heaven. I, and we call it the touch of God or the touch of the Lord. Are you with me? And I, I cried out to the Lord for that. I was raised in Pentecost. It's not just somebody said, well, I speak in other tongues. I hear you. Somebody said, I speak in tongues five hours a day. I said, if I was speaking in tongues as long as you, I'd be walking in water by now. There's not some ritual that you go through, like a daily ritual, like some kind of a religion where you have to face the East and bow down and chant and do all kinds of stuff. This is a relationship. We tried to teach you that here at the river, a relationship, a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, where you talk to him and he talks to you and the Holy Ghost who will lead you and guide you and speak specifically to you. So I had an encounter with God in July of 1979 when the fire fell on me. Everything changed. And that launched me and carried us now 85 countries and around the world and brought me even to this place where I stand here today, only by the grace of God and the hand of the Lord 
If it was not for the fire of God, I probably would have been part of some religious movement. By now, they would have promoted me to district superintendent. Are you with me? Or I would have been area coordinator or one of the council of whatever. Hello. Gag me with a spoon. And yeah, I know people saying, Pastor, that would never happen to me. Oh, yes. Yeah, it would have happened. Without the fire of God, you have nothing to keep you in that place that God has for you. Without the fire of God, all you have is religion. All you have is religion and tradition. It doesn't matter what God did 20, 30, 40 years ago. When you get around ministers and all they talk about is, I remember when. And it's always in the past. What, what, about, what about this past week? What's God doing now? I said, what's God doing now? Well, you hang around preachers. They always talk about, I remember what the Lord did back in 19. By that time, that's all it is. I just, draw, I just phase them out. They, wah, 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 and I just, I take myself somewhere else. I'll be nodding, wonderful, wonderful, great, but I'm not even there. I'm just listening to the drone. Hello. Or if they're not doing that, they, well, one day, you know, in the next, we're coming to that time. We're going to come into that season, you know. God is going, no, it's now. It's right now. The move of the Spirit of God is right now. This right now is the greatest move of God is on the earth today, and God is moving by His Spirit with signs and wonders. This is the hour to be alive. There's no other moment than right now. I would not swap this moment for any other hour in history. Not in the history of the planet or in my history would I swap this moment right now. Wouldn't swap it. So the call on our life, the assignment on our life, is to preach the Word, to teach the Word, and to demonstrate the reality of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ by demonstrating the power of the upper room, the power of the book of Acts. And our job is to teach you how to replicate that and do exactly that. Are you with me? It's got nothing to do with how you look, if you tall or thin, or fat, skinny, hair, no hair, teeth, no teeth, facelift or two or three, it's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with what's on the inside of you because great is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You cannot give what you don't have. And God has something special for you that's not what somebody else has. It's designed and made for you. Did you know the day is going to come when we stand before the Lord that He's going to give everyone a white stone with a name in it that even Jesus doesn't know what the name is? Only the Father knows what the name is. A white stone. You're going to, every one of you is going to get a stone with a new name that your heavenly Father's put in that stone. Are you with me? 
Jesus doesn't even know, which I don't even understand how that works, but that's what the Scripture says, that Jesus doesn't even know, but the Father knows. So why would He not give you something that was special when He touched you by His Spirit and by His anointing? There are anointings that are about to be released across the earth. God is just waiting for somebody that's hungry, that's thirsty, that'll say, Lord, you come, you touch me, put your fire on me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll be what you want me to be. Not my will, but thine be done. And, and heaven will come. Heaven will come. The hand of God will come upon you. I mean, in one moment, boom, suddenly, and you'll step out of the natural, into the supernatural, and even your friends and family and loved ones will look at you and they well, what in the world happened? Who is that? We don't even know who that is. When the fire of God came upon Smith Wigglesworth, his wife, I mentioned it last week, or maybe the week before. Who knows which week? I don't care. But she loved him. He was angry. He would lock her outside the house. She would sit on the front porch, sit the whole night. He opened the door at 7 o'clock in the morning, and she kissed him and said, hey, hey. And she went right in and made him breakfast. She got him turned around and saved. Then she was preaching. He would take the kids for pony rides. But one day, something happened to Smith Wigglesworth. One day, Smith Wigglesworth got the baptism and the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues. And one day, he got up to preach. He was illiterate. He was a plumber. He was a literate plumber. And he got so busy preaching, he couldn't plumb anymore. Now, let me tell you something. He traveled to every continent. The dead was raised. They went to places where the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people came where the trains couldn't even operate, where the cities gave him a stadium to use because the miracles and the signs and wonders were so phenomenal of what God took place from a man that all he knew was the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? He came to Southern Africa. In five years, 550 churches were birthed. 550 churches were birthed across the nation because of one man full of the fire of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God went in and all he knew was Jesus Christ and him crucified. All he knew was great is he that's in me than he that's in the world. All he knew is if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in me, it'll quicken, make alive my mortal body. That's all you need to know. And even if you pull up stuff on YouTube and you listen to other preachers talking about him, they even make excuses. They now he was crazy and he was wild. I want to go, why did you just shut up? You have no right to even talk about the man when you're up there trying to make an excuse for the way he was and how bold he was. And, but you, I knew him. I traveled with him. Yeah, unfortunately, you never got anything that he had. All you got was information. That's all you have. That's why your ministry was dead. That's why... Your whole claim to fame was traveling around to tell everybody, I knew Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth didn't go around to tell everybody that he knew himself. He went around to tell everybody he knew Jesus and he knew the power of the Holy Spirit. We've not come to tell you about another man. We've come to tell you about Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrection and the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. I tell you, this thing's going to come together in a perfect storm. You're seeing it already begin to take place. The devil thinks he's got this thing locked up and sewn up. But I got news for you. Everything he's doing is unraveling before our eyes. God is sending the enemy back and the church is rising in power, signs, wonders, miracles, and marching through the land to set the captives free. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know there's pre preachers turning and going, I tell you, this wouldn't go over well in our church. We're not in your church. This is our place. It's called the river. I asked the Lord to give me a revelation concerning the operation of the Holy Spirit and the power of God in relationship to the application in our daily life. Because I realized that this power was not just for a service, but was for every single day. And the power wasn't just if I felt it. Because the days that I've seen the hand of God and I never felt a thing. The power wasn't just for days when I look like, you know, because everybody thinks you've got to look like something. You know, people always ask me, so how do you prepare for your services? Like, I said, what do you think we do? Hang upside down in the room? like a bat for seven hours and prepare? What are you talking about? How many hours a day do you pray? Well, the moment I hear that, I already start praying for the idiot that asked the question. Because I know all they're doing is looking for a formula. Once again, it's not a formula. It's a relationship. I said it's a relationship. This power available to every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet, the promise is unto you and to your children. You can't not have it taught to you. You have to catch it. Because it's not taught, it's caught. You would say, it's not taught, it's caught. But really, it's not taught, it's caught. Can you say that after me? Say, it's not taught. No, not taught. It's not taught. It's caught. Say it in a proper South African accent. Say, it's not taught. It's caught. There's two Minnesota up there.
You've got to catch it. That's what impartation is all about. That's what we talked about last week. That's what I'm talking about right now. That's what's going to happen here tonight. Now, maybe you're visiting with us and you don't know why some people are laughing. And I have to tell you, people are laughing because they're happy. It's very simple. Just simple, very, very basic. Obviously, your mother never told you that people laugh because they're happy. People call. They want to know why are there people falling down? Again, simple, because they can't stand up anymore. Like why do people always try to look for some weird explanation? You can't stand up, you fall down, you're happy, you laugh. Let me see if this is in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed, that was our mouth, filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. Can you say amen? The Lord is my shepherd, as shall I want. He makes me lie down. That's what he's doing, making people lie down. Which you do to your children when they need to go to sleep and have a rest. God wants to bring people into that place of rest. So one of the things that I learned was when the natural comes into contact with the supernatural, something's going to give way. I said this with you last Sunday night. If you go home to your bedside table and you unscrew the lamp and put your finger in the socket, you're going to have a shocking experience. If you go home and you unscrew the light bulb, put your finger in the socket and nothing happens, that means there is no power. So even this morning, the Lord wants to plug you in. God wants to plug you into the socket. Are you with me? I'm talking about into heaven's power supply. A power supply that will not run dry. Glory to God. Somebody said, is it alternating or direct? All I know, it's a bit of both because it can alternate depending on who you're listening to. But if you listen to the Holy Ghost, it's direct. It's direct to you. Can you say amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Natural things work, but so do things of the Spirit. Why does the church have very little understanding about things of the Spirit? Is it because ministers have a little understanding about things of the Spirit? Somebody said, well, you're blaming the preachers. I mean, what, who else? Where? If there's a restaurant serving food and there's no food of a certain food, whose fault is that? Well, somebody said, maybe they're not growing or what? Let's forget about it. Let's say all the ingredients are available to everybody. Whose fault is it? The people never made them available to them. They didn't learn how to cook it. They didn't learn how to put the thing together. And revival's just like that. Revival's like baking a cake. You've got to put in the right ingredients. Can you say amen? You put in ingredients to receive what God has. If you hunger and thirst, you'll be filled. 
Those are two ingredients that you need, hunger and thirst. If you're hungry and you're thirsty, you'll make it out tonight. If you're not, you'll stay home and go to bed early and fellowship the First Church of St. Mattress with Apostle Pillar and Prophet Ida down. But if you're hungry and thirsty, then you'll press in, just like the woman with issue of blood who pressed in and touched the hem of his garment, just like the four men that brought their friend that ripped up the roof, that lift their friend down through the, through the, through the roof, and he got healed. Just like uh, blind Bartimaeus crying out, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. Just like Zacchaeus climbing up a tree, getting out on a limb, making an exhibition of himself because he wanted to see Jesus. Something happens when people get hungry. Something happens when people get thirsty. Something happens when they press in. And I got hungry, and I got thirsty, and I told you this last Sunday night, I'm hungrier now than I was back then, and I'm thirstier now than I was back then. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I know that the only hope for America is a move of the Spirit of God with signs and wonders and miracles. It's not religion being replicated. Somebody said, I'm going to go start a church in that area. I said, oh, and well, what's it going to do? Spit it out. Tell me what the church is going to do. I can tell you right now it's going to do nothing. What do you mean? I said, you've just told me what the ingredients are. It's designed to be another religious organization without power. Well, I really want to bring about transformation. Well, the number one thing you need to have in order to have transformation, you better have the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit better have you. Somebody said, why did you do that? Because one or two people dozed off. I just had to snap them away. Now take some of these references down and we'll carry on with this tonight. I might go in a little bit more in depth concerning this. And I talked a little bit about this last week. Genesis 17, 1 through 3, God walks in, Abram falls flat on his face. If God comes to your house, you're not going to sit there normally and go, oh, hi, God, how are you? Have a seat. You want a cup of coffee? Would you like a donut? When God walks in the room, you'll be on your face. First, oh, Second Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 says the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. They couldn't stand. They were overcome. That's what happened to me earlier today. The power of God come. You just begin to weep. I don't know what to do with myself. It becomes more than you can even begin to handle. Somebody said, oh, he's having a nervous breakdown. No, my nerves are fine. In actual fact, I'm having a nervous fix up. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 1 says they couldn't even enter because of the glory of God. People ask me, he said, well, does this happen under the ministry of Jesus? Yeah, John chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. 
a band of men from the chief priests and elders came to grab a hold of Jesus. He was, you know, crossed over the brook Kedron east of Jordan. He was in the garden of Gethsemane. And they came and they, he said, whom do you seek? They said, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I'm he. As soon as he said, I'm he, they went over backward and fell to the ground. Amen. Amen. It's in the Bible. Hallelujah. Say, it's in the Bible. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. Saul on the road to Damascus fell under the power of God. The actual fact was struck blind, but could see more than anybody else and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Acts 22, 6 to 8, when he told the story, we knew that it was Jesus that appeared to him on the road. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Peter fell into a trance, had a vision. Revelations 1, John on the Isle of Patmos saw Jesus, fell at his feet as dead. So when the Lord touched me and the fire of God came upon me, I immediately wanted everybody to get touched the way I got touched. Now, if you haven't seen last Sunday night, I want to encourage you to go watch it. It's on impartation on the Sunday night. You can catch it on revivaltv.com or Rodney Brown YouTube and watch the service. But my main desire, and I told you, was twofold. Number one, for the lost, to get people saved, because if you, you've got to get people saved. Don't come tell me you have a teaching gift and you get nobody saved, because Jesus was a teacher and he came to save. So I'm not going to use that. I don't want to hear the excuse of why you don't get people saved. If you're a teacher, you should get people saved. If you're a Christian, you should get people saved. Don't tell me I'm an intercessor. That's an excuse to not get anybody saved. In actual fact, if you're a real intercessor, you'll get people saved. Because the moment you begin to pray, you'll feel the burden for the lost. And you'll do what needs to be done to bring them in. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Do not ever make an excuse for no power. Just say, I need to get fixed. And when you need to get fixed, you have to find an electrician. Are you with me? You could say in some ways that I'm a spiritual electrician. But not only am I an electrician, I'm going to connect you to the voltage. I'm going to plug you in. I'm not going to fix it. I'm going to plug you in. I'm going to come, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to plug you into the socket. <laughs> That's all he wants to do is get plugged in all the time. If you get plugged in any more time, you're going to go to heaven. Fire! Plug him up. Keep him plugged in, Lord. Keep him plugged in all the days of his life. Come on, already 19 crusades in America already. Came from India as a missionary. 19 meetings during lockdowns, during shutdowns. Getting ready for his next meeting a week from now in Brooklyn. Going to Brooklyn for a week. 
Hallelujah. What's God going to do with you? So, if the power's not flowing, there's a short. There's a loose, there's a disconnect, there's a loose wire. So with some people, we have to rewire them. Hello. The terminals are corroded. We have to come in there, we have to take a pair of pliers. We have to cut, we have to strip everything bare and then get it, a fresh connection on them. Fasten them in, turn on the voltage and they're ready to go. Why do you think we have these conferences? Why do you think? Because they go out there, a thing gets shaken loose. They get back home, they get beaten up. Somebody cuts, cuts the cables. Are you with me? So we bring them here, we just refurbish them. That's what God's doing for people on a Sunday morning. Just make sure that your cables are connected. Hello. I mean, there are times I wish I just had a giant hose here. <laughs> Sit and just look at me. Get me a giant sprinkler system set up here where I can control it and just unleash on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you feel left out, do you? What, you supplying me water bottles? People get nervous just because they can see the water. You didn't see the other water that was being poured out here. You only see this. So you connect with that, but you didn't connect with the other. I know there's people begging for this. In actual fact, some of you, we can take you and dunk you into the baptismal font right after the service, which there will be a water baptism.
the whole front row is praying. Let me say this to you, of course, in this setting, God will move because we let him move. But the Lord's not limited to this setting. But God can come and touch you in your home, in your car, preferably if you're not driving. Come here. Come. Run down here. Lift your hands. Fire! On the top of your head and the soles of your feet. She's okay. Trust me, I'm a doctor. She's fine. It's the operating table for you to drink. You've received on the outside, now put something on the inside. Amen. Yeah, the power of God's falling all over the field right now. In your homes right now. That's anointing coming upon you right now. Never the same again. Never the same again. You're receiving from heaven, not by the hand of man, but by the hand of the Lord. People will later ask you, what happened to you? Say, I was minding my own business. And suddenly the hand of God came upon my life. And God touched me in a profound way. My whole life has changed. I cannot talk anything else. I cannot speak anything else other than what I've seen and heard. He is alive. I'm walking into this place today. And when I walk in, the very atmosphere is going to change. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. I'm going to cast out devils. I will not bow to any other. I only bow to one king, and his name is Jesus. And I obey him and do what he said do. And he told me to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I'm not only going to preach it, I'm going to teach it. I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops and from the rooftops so the whole world knows. You are the devil's worst nightmare. Because he's tried everything to stop you. He tried to back you up in a corner. He tried to stop you, but you, you, you're unstoppable because God is on your side. The enemy cannot stop the church. He cannot stop the blood bought. He cannot stop those that are washed in the blood of Jesus. He cannot stop those that are full of the fire of God and the anointing of God.
because you don't need any outside source because he is your source. He is your supply. And you know how to pray. And those that know their God will do exploits in his name. This next week's going to be a week of exploits being accomplished by the hand of God through his people. Just lift your hands and close your eyes. All across this field, from the front to the back, from side to side. A fresh, a fresh anointing, a fresh oil. in your homes. God will restore even your physical body. God will restore people's minds that have been blown out by drugs and alcohol. He will restore your mind and give your mind back of your use. And then put his power on you to go set the captives free. What you give away is what he's granted unto you. This week, you will freely give what you freely received. This week, you will say, such as I have, I give unto you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. Gracias, Señor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. 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 Thank you for that anointing. You've received an unction from the Holy One. You've received an unction to function. You've received that anointing, that anointing that you've received of Him abides in you. That anointing will lead you. That anointing will teach you. That anointing will guide you. It's not by works, but it's by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many just sense His presence? God's touching you right where you are. You can't hold on to it. You've got to give it away. You can't hold on to it. You've got to give it away. This week, you will give away that which is given unto you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now tonight, how many can be here tonight? I'm going to lay hands on everybody tonight. This afternoon, I want you to talk to the Lord. I want you to even prepare yourself. 
Yeah, I could break right now and go into testimonies just from what the Lord did last Sunday night. I could stop the service right now and start calling people just from testimonies of what took place Sunday night. People came to me this week, said it was like I got touched for the very first time. And I'm talking about people that were touched by the Lord years ago. They said it was like a fresh, everything brand new. They keep saying, I keep thinking that it's done, but the Lord did it all over again. You say, why, Pastor? Because he's getting you ready. He's getting you ready for what he's about to do through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Brandon, I know you've got a pizza place. Let me tell you, that's not what you're going to be doing. The hand of God's on your life. I saw that from the very first time I met you. And then the Lord set you free and you gave your life to Jesus and got free from alcohol and the, the hand of God's on your life. You can learn how to cook him pizzas, but you're going to be cooking people for Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Bring him in. Bring Brandon in. Now, what you're doing is just learning some things that you'll be able to use. And I know that was all your, was your dream to have your own pizza place. Well, you have it now. But that's, that's just in the natural. There's big things that God wants to do. Big things that God wants to do. Don't worry about that lady. Her laugh is broke on one sound syllable. It just does that all the time. We'll get it fixed. We'll get it fixed. It'll take a while, but we'll get it fixed. It's got broke. It's stuck on three syllables. We'll get it fixed. Take a while. No telling what she's been through. Only God knows what she's been through, but we'll get it fixed. It's broken, but we'll get the thing fixed. Amen. Uh, uh, uh. We'll get it fixed. Take a while, but we'll get it fixed. At least there's something there to work with. 
which is better than this. I'll take uh, any day over this. I want you to bow your heads across this field. I want to give an invitation right now. If you fit into any one of these three categories, maybe you came here today, you're tuned in. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, come be my Lord and Savior. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? You went home, put your head on your pillow, breathed out your last breath. Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to think about that for a moment. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago in Calvary's cross, price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all the guilty stain. Today, the power of sin, the power of guilt and shame will be broken from off your life and you'll leave this place changed, transformed by the Holy Ghost. Not by the hand of man, but by the hand of the Lord. Maybe you came on this field or you clicked on the channel you say, Pastor, I gave my life to Jesus. Days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost my first love. I lost the peace, the joy that I once had. There was a time when I was radically on fire for God, but something happened. Maybe it's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. Today, he wants to set you free. He said, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's outward that everyone could see and you feel like, well, what does it matter now? Everybody knows what a terrible disaster that I am. I made a mess of my life. God's the one that can take your life and turn it around the moment you surrender. Maybe it's not hidden or outward as we describe. Maybe it's a storm that came against your life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. It's like a sucker punched you, knocked the wind out of your sails. But today you say, I need my breath again. Acts 3 and 19 in the Amplifier says, Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. That the times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of the heat, of reviving with fresh air will come from the presence of God. Today, He will revive you. He will renew you, restore you. And you'll leave this place changed. Will you surrender to Him? He loves you so much. And then lastly, maybe you hear, you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord, but I'm not sure. I do not have the assurance that I'm a child of God. I have a constant battle between my head and my heart. The devil's always lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved, but I want to know. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. Can I know? Yes, you can. If this is you and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are, quickly without any hesitation whatsoever, put your hand up and say, pray for me. I need Jesus right now. Thank you, right at the back. Another hand, another hand, another hand, another hand. Slip it up high. 
hands on that side, all the way to the fence. Slip it up high and say, yes, thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Slip it up high and say, yes, thank you. I see your hands. I see your hands. Once you've raised it, you can put it down. I want you to look at me, if you would, please. Look at me. In this section of the, of the uh, pavilion, you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included quickly. Put that hand up and say, yes, include me. All the way to the back. Thank you. The middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up right now and say, include me. Me too. Right at the back. Anybody else? And the far side over here, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Stick your hand up right now and say, include me. I see your hand. I want every person that raised your hand, if you would stand to your feet right now. Every person that raised your hand, stand. Stand right now. Go ahead and stand. Don't wait on anybody else. I want you to bring your personal belongings and come stand right here. We're going to pray a prayer together. You that are watching in your homes, you go ahead and stand. As they stand here, you stand in your home. As I pray with them here, you pray with me there. Come. To follow Jesus. Before we pray, I just sense there's just a few more people that God's dealing with. Your heart is just pounding away right now. The Lord's dealing with you. Somebody said, why do I have to come down here? It's about making a commitment. Get up from where you are quickly. 
before we pray and come make your way down the aisle come stand here quickly quickly we'll wait we'll wait for you come today is your day of freedom today is your day of liberty there's several others spirit of God speaking to you right now He said, my spirit will not always strive with man. I'll just say this. We were in a meeting in Chicago, Illinois, back in the 90s, back in the last century. The building that we were in seated close to, what, maybe 2,000 people that were in overflow. I gave an altar call, hundreds came from the front of the platform to the front row, from side to side was packed. You couldn't get another person in. And the Lord said to me, not everybody's here. So I just said, look, I can't pray until everybody's in, you know, it's just the way it is. So I said, I'm gonna wait until everybody responds. And I waited, I probably waited close to 20 minutes. In actual fact, all the ministers were staring at me saying that I had a great altar call, basically, that's what they're telling me. Why would you, why would you just pray with them? I said, no, it's not, it's not, there's still some others. And right when it looked ridiculous, a young man came from the side, came down about 18 years of age, and a gentleman in his 70s come down. And I felt the release, and I went and prayed with them. The next morning when I got to the church, the pastor said, do you remember those two that came right at the end? I said, yes. He said, both of them died last night. I said, what do you mean? They knew each other. They were killed in a car wreck. He said, no, they didn't even know each other. The young man was killed in a drive-by shooting at 4.30 this morning, and the old man just passed in his sleep. And then that hit me like a sledgehammer. What would have happened had you not pushed it? And so I want to open it just for one more moment, like another 30, 45 seconds. If you know you're supposed to be, I want you to jump up and run, run, run. Quickly, quickly, quickly before we pray. Come, 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 come. Very important. Very important. Come. Come running. Come running. Come running. Come running. Today's your day. Come. Today's your day. Today's your day. Today's your day. Come. He calls you. He calls you. I want you in the congregation to stretch your hand out towards them. You in your homes to raise your hand. You here, if you raise your right hand to heaven, we're going to pray one prayer, one prayer fits all. If you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. Pray this together with me. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me, cleanse me, change me, fill me 
use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now lift those hands. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.